Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. It is time for another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags with Chuck Curry hanging out on another weekend, another weekend for us to talk about the greatest movies of all time. And thanks for joining us on Twitter uh, in, and Facebook and and uh, on the podcast as well and following us along the way. And don't forget, if you're listening on WoWo, uh, welcome aboard there as well. Great radio station in Fort Wayne. I'm Mike Rags. We'll bring in Chuck Curry right now. Chuck, uh, happy St. Patrick's Day a little late. And did you celebrate with your Irish heritage? No, but actually what's happening is because it rained uh, here in, in, uh, in Pennsylvania for St. Patrick's Day, uh, they're going to have the parade tomorrow. Oh, look going at that. Down, that. Going down the block of my action polar. Oh, that's so nice. What I did, so what I did is is I cut a deal with the, the Pocono Cinema to, to buy bags of popcorn for 75 cents, and I'm going to sell it for six bucks. I thought for sure you'd have a leprechaun movie marathon in the in the cinema, you know? Tribute to Jennifer Aniston. What's and, the Warwick, and Warwick Davis said, let's he go. He was good. I, listen, he actually was awesome in those movies. Funny, funny. You like the one in the hood, right? The leprechaun oh, in love, the hood. I, oh, I love it's cl- it's a classic. <laughs> Chuck, before we get started here with our show, and no no really major releases were in theaters this weekend. A movie called Umma and a movie called X are in theaters. Two and, horror movies. Yeah, two horror movies. And Ben Affleck's movie got released straight to Hulu with his ex girlfriend Anna Darmas. So really, not much to talk in theaters. But I did want to bring up the passing of William Hurt. It happened like right after we recorded our show over last weekend um, as he died of cancer at the age of 71. Chuck, and ironically, he would have had a birthday this coming weekend. We probably would have had him on Fast Five. But let's quickly talk about uh, the career of William Hurt, who did win an Oscar, uh, playing basically a role that you'd think would be done today, Kiss of a Spider Woman. Uh, you know, he's playing basically almost a, a you know, I don't want to say a cross dresser, but someone, a man playing a woman um, kiss of the spider woman, got him the best actor in a leading role in 86. And he was nominated well, he, the next, he was nominated, he was nominated three years in a row. One, one. Yep. Then he right? was nominated that's, for children of a lesser God and broadcast yeah. news right after that, which to me, yeah. I loved him in broadcast news. Um, but when I think of William Hurt, I think of two movie roles. It's the big chill. And then his villain role in A History of Violence, which he got nominated for back in 06 with Viggo yeah. Mortensen. That's a real good flick. And that's a Cronenberg movie, I believe. It is. Uh, yeah. And uh, but I you almost movie. most famously always bring him up as the guy who passed down the Dr. Grant role. Yeah, I mean, he in uh, we talked about this before, before Sam Neill signed on to play Dr. Alan Grant in Jurassic Park back in 93. They reportedly offered the role to either Jeff Daniels and then William Hurt or vice versa, both turned it down. And then Sam Neill was small enough to grab that role. But um, I don't know if I saw him as Dr. Alan Grant. I think Jeff Daniels may be closer, but he was, I mean, he's a really good actor. He's had a good bio, been around, was around for a very long time recently in, in uh, five of the Marvel movies, Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. I mean, you know, it's it's sort of it's always weird when when you don't know somebody is ill or has an issue and seventy one years old he's still working. You know, this generation sees him in the in the Marvel movies, and then you know on the internet that he passes. You know, it's a bummer. Yeah, 
Um, and I, I actually uh, remember him, the accidental tourist. I thought he was so good in that movie. He's got a certain style to it, the way he do a performance. So understated most did, of the time. He did the, uh, he did the Lost in Space uh, big screen movie for New Line. He did. Yep. That was one of his big mainstream type movies that never really took off. Um, it's watchable at best. Which I always thought was interesting. That movie was, yeah, and the movie's mediocre. Has some good stuff, but Matt LeBlanc from Friends. Actually, he's pretty good in that movie. Yeah. And, you know, not doing the goofy stuff. More the serious. He's actually pretty good. He's the and, best thing in that movie, actually. And interesting, my my uh, my uh, sister, when he passed away, he she brought up Mr. Wonderful, a little scene romantic comedy with Matt Dillon and Annabella Sciorra, where he played the odd man out guy. And I totally forgot he was in that, I movie, remember that movie from 1993. Uh, but he's definitely going to be missed. No doubt about it. Um, and he, you know, the last he's got a couple of movies in uh, that we're filming and stuff like that. So maybe we'll see it um, somewhere down the line. Chuck, um, as far as movie news goes, the only real thing I wanted to bring up was the fact that the text message I sent you earlier in the week yeah, let, about, let's talk about, that. about Netflix. I have it in front of me. You want oh, you to read do. it or you want me to read it? Well, I had it in front of me, too. I, I have watched The Adam Project, and it is, I told you, extremely average. A lot of dialogue that just doesn't make a lot of sense. And in a time travel movie, it's kind of annoying. And it uses a lot more attitude than actually um, good dialogue for a movie. Now, it's a Ryan Reynolds film through and through. There's no doubt about that. But it's passable. I watched it. It's pretty good. Not great. Um, what do you but think the, the budget was? I would. I mean, the budget's on the screen. I mean, it looked, it, it, it looked like it to me. I don't know. Um, but you got Mark Ruffalo. So it's got a budget on the screen. There's no doubt about it. Um, and it and the figures that I saw it. Fifty two point three million estimated completed views in its first weekend. I don't a, believe it. It's an impressive figure. No doubt about it. But here's what the text chain, the tweet that I saw that I thought would bring up an interesting um, discussion between you and me. And it makes a lot of sense. And I couldn't agree more. Netflix is in a moment where it's creating movies. We previously defined as relatively safe theatrical bets and franchise makers like the Adam project. And then quickly moving on, they're being watched, but then there's little to no fanfare happening anywhere. And it creates a Netflix effect, Chuck, a big first weekend, top homepage placement, um, big cast, mysterious premise, but no discussion. These are the top two related queries for Adam Project. Not great, but I think the big thing out of it, the Netflix, the Netflix effect is real. It's um, very real. No buzz at all. Telling, I've, been to, I've been talking about this for a long time. And, and I, I remember I pointed out, let's just say hypothetically in a parallel universe, the culture we have now was in 93 Jurassic Park opens and it opens on Netflix. And not nationwide. Are we talking about Jurassic Park the same way? No, no way. No, but I, that might be a bit of an extreme. I, I would say May, something more. I, well, I don't know if a movie like that would ever get released on Netflix, but I know what you're saying. Um, and the, the same thing could be said for the Rock Ryan Reynolds okay, movie that came out as well. Like, let's say like a movie like Back to the Future, which is sort of character driven, right? With some good action sequences, but mostly character driven. That I could easily see the. The, the bean counters and the head honchos in Netflix say if they had that property in their hand, yeah, they might say they, they may not know any better. They but might say, unfortunately, oh, yes, what's, what's the solution? I mean, if they, I mean, if Netflix can spin this as these are successful with no and, real basis there, of and, knowledge, and, and, well, I, I can't stop them. No, can I you? guess 
no, the only way it would be is to start going to the theaters again and stop watching the streams. But I don't see that happening, Chuck. It makes me here's feel the, like the thing. I, I, I just want to bounce into this. Just hold your thought. The Batman this weekend in week of number two, right? Yeah. It did 66 million, a 51% drop off, which is a great hold off $130 million sure this weekend. Great hold. Okay. Sure is, it's yeah. a better hold in the dark night, believe it or not. Okay. It was, it, it, okay. The number two movie, Uncharted, 9.2 million, just a 16% drop off. That's a great hold. That's a great hold. Dog with Chad obtaining 5.2, 14% week to week. That's a great hold. Yeah. Spider-Man, No Way Home, four million, only dropped off like ten percent. Here's the thing: there's what well, we're starting to see here. Yes, more people are venturing out to the movie theaters. No they doubt. Are. Yeah. But it's not. They're not. they not. The, the theaters are not being bombarded with as much product as they had. So right. people are basically. Well, if I I, I want to go movies, so what do I want to see? Right. They they have to see what's out. They there. have to see something. Yeah. I was in, I, I, I think I mentioned this last week on the show. I was in Ben Salem. I drove and it was a, an AMC and it had 25 screens. And I was like, I said to myself, what do they put on 25 screens? Like, were they all filled? Holy smoke. That's not easy. Huh? Were they all filled? I don't know if they, I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Um, that's like, crazy. I mean, but there are theaters out there with that many screens on them. Well, like a, a weekend, like, this weekend's a prime example. I mean, why not just release the Ben Affleck movie in theaters and see what happens? I mean, what what is what is the what what do you lose from doing it? That's what I don't understand. What you're not gaining anything. And the from Batman will be the Batman will be on HBO Max. Uh, I think April twentieth. Uh, it's a uh, it's an odd phenomenon, Chuck. That I'm not sure. I, I, I hope we didn't jump the shark here, um, but I definitely think the Netflix effect Netflix effect is real. And it seems like an only a Netflix kind of occurrence, too. You don't seem to get this kind of stuff from Apple and Prime and all that stuff. It just seems like Netflix over promotes on their own. You even said it to me. Where do they promote this stuff? And it's just they know people they, are going to be on Netflix. Promote, they spend to promote Netflix, yep. the entity. Yeah. But the, the movie itself, the movies that play, not really. It's they weird. Fuel money. They I don't understand that. The individual movie. They you rely figure... on the scroll on the top of the screen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's what they really. And when you see, oh, Adam Project number one, I got to watch it. Yeah, that's what they're doing. And I guess it works. It must they're work. Saving a lot of money in marketing. A lot of money in marketing. Here's the thing. We we know because we've been doing this a long time. We know the formula for theaters. Theater gets a, a certain percent. Let's just say fifty uh, percent. So studio gets 50%. So you, you know they release the budget of the movie. You know what it has to do to break even and then make money, right? And they yeah. always report that. We don't really know exactly how many subscribers they have, what their production budgets, how much money they're throwing into content. We, we don't know. So I, I, can't, I can't sit here and analyze their model as if I really understood it completely because I, I understand part of it, some of it, but not all of it. Yep, it's uh, it's perplexing. And then you got a movie like Scream Five, um, which you can rent now on Apple Plus for six dollars. Just get a new release or, date. Or, or watch it on Paramount Plus. Or watch it on Paramount Plus. Scream Six has a March thirty first, twenty twenty three release date already, Chuck. So, um, that's a movie to me would seem like it would make more sense to just keep releasing those movies on stream and not in theaters. But it will get a theater theatrical release. Horror. 
I guess they could keep the budget low enough on horror, even though well, Scream Six, the Scream movies have a good budget, not a hundred million, but um, listen, the theatrical model, if you get the movie launched, it works as it's, long as as long as there's interest in the movie. Yeah, Obviously, it, if there's not, like listen, uh, like what Ben Affleck said in that interview about his vision or he's what he sees from being in the industry and understanding industry that they'll only have 30 or 40 big popcorn movies a year. He said in a movie like The Way Back, which we both love, uh, that would not play in a theater if done uh, post-COVID. They would have just streamed it. I understand that. I do. Because if you're spending $20 million or $25 million to promote a movie and it opens to five and it winds up doing 15, you're behind the eight ball. Well, the next few weeks are going to be interesting because you have the Sandra Bullock movie coming out. You have Morbius coming out. You've got Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which had a big surprise mm-hmm. hit, um, the original. And you had the Michael right. Bay movie Ambulance coming out. And then Fantastic Beasts comes out April, in the middle of April. So the next four or five weeks, you're going to get a good indication of, is this new product product going to get people going into the theaters? And a movie like Ambulance is a good, it, it, you know, is a good indicator of what where we are at. Because that's, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's in it, but it's not a big studio movie and and it's got a big time director it's going to be released on imax i'm interested to see that kind of middling action movie if it's going to make big money at the theaters that's that one to me is a big i i I think in like if i if i just really had to give it take a breath here and give it a lot of thought i really think the crux of the issue for studios is is the marketing dollars they have to spend yeah with the theatrical release you know the average movie is 25 million dollars to promote in the U.S. and Canada, I'm not talking about internationally. If you can't, if you have a middling movie that's not Spider-Man, Batman, Fast and the Furious, twenty-five million to promote a movie is a lot of money. Well, it is, but if if you have a product you believe in and you know it's really good, I I think the model's there to make money at the theaters. I think part of the problem is too, Chuck. They're not really making that many real good movies, and they're not. And and that and, he, and then the studios might see the finished product and be like, well, we've got this, maybe a two star movie with a big star in it. Well, what are we going to do with it? It's not going to make big, you know, what? I'm, it's almost like they're seeing the finished product and then figuring out where we're going to place this because it's really not going to make any money for us. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's that word. Are they producing content or they're producing film? Yeah, well, and I, mean, and I it, think it's more content. I mean, there are some still you know, tremendous directors out there working yeah. to make movies, really good movies. But let's be honest, Netflix is creating content. Yes. Uh, and the and more uh, con- listen, the, li- the library gets bigger and bigger, right? Yeah, because it's not going and anywhere. Subscribership, and subscribership goes up every year. I mean, you're talking about a worldwide market, not just domestically. Chuck, in the, in the, I mean, in the, the, the 50, the, the reported, and I don't believe the number, but it is what it is, the 53 million who supposedly watch the Adam Project, that's worldwide. Yeah. Now, times fifty-three million times ten dollars a ticket sale. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, of course, right. Um, you know, the interesting thing too, a movie like The Tomorrow War, which I actually liked and came out on Amazon Prime, is really in the heart of the pandemic, so it's hard to judge. But if that came yeah. out ten years ago, that would have made three hundred million dollars. We would have already have seen a Tomorrow War too, and 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 we'd be going from there. And and, and that- let's be honest, you okay? You walk by. A hundred people on the street. Nobody's going to remember. Nobody's going to remember that. And you say, "Did you see the Tomorrow War?" How many yeah. will say yes? Nobody's going to uh, remember a that. A handful. Now, maybe, a handful. maybe, 
They Maybe. didn't even see it because they, because they got to watch it on 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 Paramount Plus, right? No, that was Paramount Amazon, Plus. but yeah, that was an okay, Amazon, Amazon. But yeah, they got to watch it on Amazon. Yeah, well, not only that, but there's I mean, so much other con- because in 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 terms of football, I mean, they got the Thursday night package now, right? Amazon, yeah. right? Well, so here's I think part of it too, Chuck is. Um, you remember the movies you see in theaters when there's so much content on television and you're just watching another movie on TV on another night and another it, it, it's not an event when you go. I don't you know, I, I could tell you every movie I've ever seen in a theater just me too like that. But you can't do that with TV. It's just it doesn't become an event. It just becomes another thing you watched. And, and, and I don't care how bad the movie is and how much 90 minutes you wasted at a movie theater. It's still a thing to do. And I think that's what. That when you, a movie like The Tomorrow War gets forgotten because, well, it was just, yeah, I guess I, I, I don't even remember where I saw it. Was it on Amazon? I don't even know. And that's part of the problem. Um, and, it's not being, and also, it's not being judged the same way as. No, you it's not. Got it's in not. Your, got in your car, drove to a theater, spent money, bought a popcorn, and exactly. spent two hours of your life driving home with your wife and kids, or your buddies, and saying, you know, what do you think? That that's, was good. That was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or the conversation in the lobby. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, no, the no weird, doubt about the weirdest it. Feeling, the weirdest feeling, I think, is when you see a highly anticipated movie and it, it disappoints and people walk out and they don't speak. Like, yeah. they, they don't applaud at the end. It's like, and you're trying to get a gauge of like, like, is it me? Do people like this? Do they don't like it? That would have I, happened. Where is the where where is the water cooler talk? Is it's it's on social media a little social bit? Social media. Like, yeah, you, yeah. You, that, yeah. That's it. That's the water. It's not like it's not like people at work. No, I mean, Spider-Man No Way Home is a little different because it's so huge. But in general, well, it happened. You know, when it happened in in modern time was Wonder Wonder Woman, right? The second Wonder Woman movie that the water cooler became Twitter and people were just what the hell did we just sit through? Would have been the same thing you were talking about in a in a theater in the lobby afterwards. So Mm -hmm. um, I don't have any other. I I, I actually think Wonder Woman Two, the failure of Patty Jenkins sequel creatively in my opinion was a big barometer and it changed the landscape a lot because you know i was like when when warner brothers decided to put that on hbo max i was like i couldn't believe it well i think that goes i think i think that goes to my point too chuck is they saw the product they they weighed the positives and negatives and figured out what's the best way to release this movie because I mean, it's it not as good as we thought it would also, be. But it was promote, you know, it was HBO Max. Same yeah, thing. yeah. I'm, hurt, I'm sure it helped the uh, HBO Max get out of the gate though and get some it extra did. subscribers. I think it did. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it absolutely did. Um, so it might have been a, a good move by them by doing it that way. By the way, cheaper by the dozen. I don't know if they they remade this movie again with Zach Braff on Disney Plus. It's a TV series. Yeah, I, I mean, what are we doing here, Chuck? Uh, I, I don't know. I never saw his appeal yeah, Jack anyway. Jack some work, I guess, huh? I guess. I, guess. I don't know. But rent's due. The rent's due. Um, Listen, Disney's going Disney's to regurgitate every property, every single one they have, everyone. All right, so let's do a, a real fast five here, Chuck, and we'll start with a, a big Mets fan. Uh, it's close to our heart. And a great actress, 75 years old this week, and that's Glenn Close. Is it, a, is it Alex? She's incredible. Fatal She's Attraction? Incredible yeah. She's incredible. Here's why. Because... She's sort of playing against type. Right. And she nails it. And she's awesome. And that movie, that movie had audiences. That was an adult drama suspense thriller that had people on the edge of their seat. The buzz on that movie, the water cooler talk on that movie was incredible. Deservingly so. 
I thought and she helped. made a ton of money. Yeah, she made a ton of money. And she was a big uh, part of Jagged Edge, too, which, uh, you know, that made a lot of money, too. Uh, one of those lawyer movies, thrillers. And don't forget, she's the lady that stands up in the stands and makes sure Roy Hobbs hits the home run. I know. Very important. And she's very That's good true. off of uh, Michael Keaton in the paper, right? She's kind of a villain in that film, mm-hmm. but yeah. a very good role for her. No doubt about it. Chuck, how about Spike Lee? He's um, 65 years old this weekend, too. I mean, it, I mean, do the right thing, right? It's, it's got to be start and finish. I mean, he's done some yeah. great work since then. But I, I said I like 20, 25th Hour. It's a really good movie. I like the... Um, I like the Inside Man movie, too. I thought that was a good I like cop- that movie a lot. That is yeah, more thanks. mainstream. But, yeah, I, I, the question is, I know he has a production company, and I'm sure he does very well for himself. But he's not really a prolific director in with studio work over the last 20 years. No, well, he does his own things, right? I mean, that's that's part of the – but we both love – Does a lot love- of the commercial work. Does a lot of commercial work. We, do, we both like Black Klansman. That was a good flick. Um, very good. The five bloods for Netflix a couple of years ago. I like that a lot too. Yeah. Um, how about Holly Hunter, Chuck, who's almost unrecognizable on that new TV series, the mayor uh, with uh, Ted Danson. She's on that show. You know, it's funny when, when you say her name, like Batman versus Superman pops in my head. Not that's one of her great roles, but it just pops in my head. Uh, I forgot um, she was even in that. She's 64, by the way. What pops into my head is what not only broadcast news. She's obviously great. Yeah in that movie yeah. um to me i think of uh the role she has small role but she got oscar nominated was the firm not a great fan of that movie but she's so good in that small role with her and gary Busey in the in the private detectives she got a nominee i thought gary Busey actually deserved the nomination for that movie again that movie's got yeah, flaws but i thought she was very good in that he's disappeared by the way gary Busey, right yeah well and my daughter would say She's the mom in the Incredibles too. Let's not forget that. Oh yeah, yeah. She's good in that. Yeah, she is. Um, there's an easy one. Don't say War Games, but Matthew mm. Broderick, who's 60 this weekend. Wow. You wow. can't say War Games. I mean, most people would say Ferris Bueller. Probably right. I, I have a fondness for Project X. Uh, I just I, I watch it on HBO Max. It's not, it's off now, but. I, I watch that a lot on HBO Max. It's a it's a nice time killer. You know, it's interesting too. People see um, the cable guy and they think of it as a as a you know a, a Jim Carrey movie. You forget he's the straight guy in that movie, and he's actually pretty good yes. in it too. Um, and and that movie actually is um, it's a little ahead of its time. It's actually a good movie, but it's dark. Like he's Jim Carrey's going dark in that movie. Oh yeah, big big time. Ben Stiller directed it. And, oh, uh, oh, and here's one more thing. How about how about Max Dugan returns? That's one of my all time favorite. Oh, that's a good Matthew flick. Matthew Roderick movies. I Jason thought you were Robert. gonna. I love I thought, that movie. I thought you were gonna chime oh, in and say, a trivia, "Here's a trivia question for you: Who is the batting coach in that movie? Major Matt, League Baseball batting coach. I um I don't remember. That he hires. I don't remember. Charlie Lau. Charlie oh, yeah, Charlie Lau, this famous swing. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I also thought he was really good in The Freshman opposite Marlon Brando. I thought that was a good flick, too. Uh, last but certainly not least, Gary Oldman, Chuck, who is uh, 64 years old this weekend. Commissioner Gordon, is that easy for you or the bad guy on the airplane in the Air Force One? He's Listen, Gary Oldman's a, a really interesting chameleon 
I love him in uh, I love him in Leon the Professional. I just I rewatched that movie one, the other day. Actually, right? real good. And, yeah, uh, I thought he's I thought he's incredible in the Chris Nolan trilogy. I, I that to me, it's my favorite Gary Oldman work because I like him so much. He's you know Sid and Nancy's really good. I think he's ultra bizarre in the Fifth Element. Like that movie's. I know people <laughs> love that movie. That movie's just weird, man. That movie's bizarre. Yeah, it's it is a, a little wacko. Um, don't forget too. He he's uh, he's uh, what do you call it? lost in space as well, right? He's Danger Will Robin. He was Doctor Smith. You bring up Lost in Smith, yeah. Space again. Yeah. Um, yep. and I also liked him in um, Murder in the First too. He's good in that flick too. With the he's he, listen, the guy's worked for a long time. Yeah, real good stuff and almost unrecognizable in True Romance. Chuck back in the day. <laughs> uh, Chuck, let's go back to our March releases of the eighties and. This is fun because, you know, back in the 80s, March releases, it wasn't a big deal, right? Nobody really would release a film in March. But there's some interesting titles that came out. We'll start in 1980 where you get the likes. And you tell me where you want to, what movies you want to talk about. But released in 1980, Coal Miner's Daughter, Little Darlings, Little Miss Marker, The Changeling. Um, these are decent movies. I mean, I remember seeing. Changeling Little- is. Changes little darlings, that's Tatum movies. O'Neill, right? Tatum O'Neill, little darlings. Little darling, Tatum O'Neill, and Chrissy and, McNichol. Chrissy McNichol, boy, have times changed, huh? Do you also remember um, uh, the movie Defiance with Jan Michael Vincent? Another one of those. I, I do action movies. Uh, and Little Miss Marker, I remember seeing in the theaters. That's a Walter Matthau movie. Um, I think when I think of Jan Michael Vincent, I shake my head and say, "Boy, sad." Yeah, it is sad. Chuck right also, yeah. also released on March 28, 1980. Some might consider it the death of the disaster movie. And that was the release date of when time ran out. Well, I, could, I could tell you um, time ran out on the disaster movie. Were you in theaters yeah, on I, March 30th, yeah, 1980? I, 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 I think I was. I saw it with my father. You know, it's funny. I remember because my memory, you know, is good. I, I remember in the newspaper, I knew they were making it, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know when they were releasing it. And then all of a sudden, it was like coming out Friday. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think they put a ton of marketing into it. And we sat there. I went to the Kingsway in Brooklyn, New York, and we watched it, me and my dad. We sort of be on the beside of it the year before. And when it ended, it had one of those quick endings where they're yeah. walking up like a hill. Yeah. And we looked at each other and said, like, did the real fall off? Like... And we knew it was bad. Yeah. And, and despite the fact that Paul Newman's iconic, like a guy's like that Paul Newman in your movie is 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 a pleasure, right? Yeah. And he couldn't say he couldn't save it. And uh it's silly and the effects are horrible and it's pointless. And Erwin Allen, you know, we could I could talk about him for hours, you know that. Because I think he's one of the most interesting people to ever get into the movie business because he 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 did some really good things. I mean, obviously, beside of it, you're telling Inferno, he did two great things. Yeah. And then everything after, he just botched because he didn't understand that he was not a director. He was not. No. And he was the producer. And he had, and I'm sure the directors had to keep him in line. Like, let me direct, Erwin. You know, you could, if you want to give me some advice on the action stuff, okay, I'll listen. But you can't do character stuff. You can't no. direct. See, you can't direct series, series drama. You can't do it. And he, he just had no idea. He had no understanding 
of what what was believable and what was just over the top silly. Just couldn't understand it. I actually saw that movie, Chuck, in your movie theater <laughs> way back and, when and in the Grand. Really? Yeah. The um, Grand. Okay. I remember in, my uh, dad walking. Uh, my dad walking out. His exact words were, they, "It did run out." And I think he was talking about the, the disaster film. Now, let me ask you a question. When it aired on NBC, you know what the title of it on TV was? Death, uh, Death's Final Fury or something like that. Earth's, Earth's Final, Final Fury. Fury. Yeah, yeah. Now, what, 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 what does a volcano in Hawaii have to do with Earth? Earth's I, Final I, Fury. I, I, See, that, the thing, when time ran out, like he pitched that movie if it was an end of the world movie. It's a volcano in Hawaii. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? It's almost like he knew to, what he was talking about, actually, about the whole genre. Chuck, in March of 1981, you had a couple of kids' movies come out that I remember seeing in the theaters, The Devil and Max Devlin, and On the Right Track. Now, On the Right Track was Gary Coleman. Right? Uh, yep. Remember that one? Um, and yeah, I do. Dev- Devil and Max Devlin starred Adam Rich, but it also starred Al- Elliot Gould and Elliot and Bill Cosby, who plays the devil in this film. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's yep. interesting about this movie? It is a Walt Disney production, but Chuck, they do not have this on their Disney Plus archive at all. And I you wonder, have to think. I wonder why. Yeah, you have to think. We know the reason why to that. Also, um, interesting. The Devil and Max Devlin came out the and on the right track came out the same weekend as Maniac. So you talk about alternate programming. Holy cow! Uh, Maniac is one of the more dark, thrilling uh, horror movies of all time. Over the top, disgusting. William de- L- William Lusting, a, a director I met at the theater, uh, did Maniac. Maniac's a really interesting movie. You know, back when those movies came out, you could create buzz from disturbing content, yeah. right? I mean, because yeah. you got you had the Siskel and the, I remember Siskel and Ebert unleashed on that movie. Yeah, written you know? and directed by and, Joe Spinell, of course. Uh, written and yeah. starred. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry, written and starred. Okay. Okay. Yeah, written and starred yeah, by Joe Spinell, right? William Lustig directed. He did direct it. Right? it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so. Um, and Joe Spinell was the uh, was the uh, the um, Rocky employed Rocky and Rocky yeah. right mm-hmm. the loan shark guy right yeah he's good right and uh, again that movie was made for one reason it was made to make money it was made to shock people and it did it did and it, it, that was the fun of growing up in that decade where though you could do stuff like that it would get recognized it would get talked about now it would just be. Written off schlock. Uh, nope. Yeah, now it's a now it's a Bloomhouse movie, right? I mean, I mean that's almost every weekend a movie like that comes out. Another good horror movie came out in March of eighty one, The Funhouse, Chuck, directed by Toby Hooper. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, modern Romance, they very were, funny they, movie. They were with, churning them out at Diamond Dustin. Yeah, uh, Modern Romance, a very funny Albert Brooks early movie for him. He's really good in that. Um, also, Omen Three, The Final Conflict, which had Sam Neill. As yeah, Damien. good concept. I don't. I just don't think it's a good movie. No, good concept. Uh, and then I remember a steamy uh, produ- uh, a promotion campaign for the Postman Always Rings Twice with Jack Nicholson and Jessica Lange. It made a big that deal was a about steamy movie. Yep. Yeah, um, and and maybe one of the best James Con movies outside of the Godfather movies. Thief came out March twenty seventh, nineteen eighty one. Great flick. It's a Michael Mann you know, movie you, too. Yeah, let's let's be honest. If you had, and I'm I know theaters do it. In Los Angeles, you had a James Conn Film Festival. Oh, he's you find some, some good work. He, yeah, he's some done some really good work. Yeah, no doubt about it. You Chuck take and, the Gambler, Thief, Thief. Uh, I mean, Godfather, you got Misery, Misery, Honeymoon in Vegas, Misery, Elf. Those those six right there. Yeah, pretty impressive. Good stuff. In eighty in eighty two, Chuck in March. Do you remember the three D movie called Parasite? 
I, was that Italian Shire in that? No, Demi Moore. No, De- Demi Parasite. Moore. Demi Moore. Okay. It was a 3D no, uh, I... movie. Um, mm-hmm. This is we're going to start seeing 3D movies pop up every once in a while. Um, also, Evil Under the Sun came out, which was a you know, Agatha Christie movie with Peter Ustinov. You had Death yeah. Trap with uh, Michael Caine and Christopher Reeve, um, mm-hmm. fresh off his Superman roles. And a big hit yeah. for Blake Edwards, Victor Victoria, Chuck. Remember? Big, that, that was a big hit, critically acclaimed Oscar material. Yeah, it was big. Very funny movie with uh, with um, Julie Andrews, of course, his wife at the time. He also had movies she, uh, like. She does a nude scene. She did a nude scene in that movie. That right? was a SOB she did the nude scene in. Not oh, okay. Victor Victoria. Okay. Um, yeah, you're right. And then you had a couple of movies. I ought to be in pictures with Walter Matthau came out and I'm dancing as fast as I can. A couple of first person movies that came out, Chuck, that were mild hits hmm. as well. In 1983, in March, we're getting into uh, the. Um, of the category of teenage um, hormone movie, My Tutor, which probably was rented a lot and freeze framed a lot, which starred Karen Kay and Olivia Newton-John's boyfriend at the time, Matt Latanzi, My that. Tutor, uh, which was not very good, but I'll yeah, just say it was. I mean, I remember the movie Homework with jo- Joan yeah, Collins. All that stuff. I got to yep. be honest with you. I never wanted to freeze frame Joan Collins. No. Yeah. Chuck, how about uh, 10 to Midnight came out March 11th in 1983. I like that one. Charles Rosson. Yeah, I do, too. I thought that was a decent one of his movies. Um, still, it, those, those movies still play well if you just want a 90-minute time killer with some revenge. Now, I saw this movie at the Sherman in Stroudsburg, really? um, which was on Main Street. Uh, High Road yep. to China came out in 1983. That was Tom Selleck's big screen. Kind of this is as close to Indiana Jones as I'm going to get. Do you I remember, remember High it, Road I to China. I, I, I do remember it, but I it, like if I, I don't remember it in my mind, like the actual movie. The always appealing Bess Armstrong coach starred with him in that movie. Yeah, uh, back in the good. day. How about Bad Boys, March twenty fifth, nineteen eighty three? Chuck, real I big. I love that movie. That movie yeah. that was that okay. Sean Penn. That movie created a lot of water cooler buzz. People loved that movie. That was a good, really good movie. Chuck, it's a good day of movies in March 25th, 1983. You had Max Dugan Returns comes out that day. The Outsiders comes out that day. Yeah. And, you know, a schlocky teen comedy, but I actually think it's a real good one. Sean S. Cunningham Spring Break came out March 25th, 1983. Perfect release date. That That movie made made a ton of money. And it kind of gets lumped into silly dumb like teenage romps but that actually has a, some question. good stuff let, let me ask you a question why do you think movies like that made money is, is there a reason for it i could tell i'll tell you well i, I mean movies was, like porkies and pre- stuff like that just mindless be, hormones well oh, right and it was pre porn, pornographic material on the internet yeah and that, yeah. And that, that that's reason a lot of teen, a lot of a lot of young audiences went to see these movies well if you notice now they don't make these movies anymore yeah. and there's a reason no they don't there's a reason that's a reason yep right uh also of note in march of uh 1983 the Thornburns were uh, released on abc a big um miniseries that was a big miniseries. Very richard big. chamberlain rachel ward rachel, Ch- rachel ward and richard chamberlain yeah um, okay, tell me the movie Rachel Ward became a name. Uh, Sharky's Machine, to me. Sharky's Machine. Yeah. yeah 100%. Yep. Dominique, she played. And Monty Python's Meaning of Life also came out in March of 1983. An extremely funny movie. I was thinking about this the other day because somebody told, was talking about Sharky's Machine. Would they ever have a, a, a lead 
big action hero, a big name like Burt Reynolds, playing a movie like that mainstream where the villain cuts his three fingers off. That uh, is nasty. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Ooh, maybe. I don't know. I, that, that was nasty. Speaking of Rachel Ward, the very next year, yeah. March of 84, she's in Against All Odds with uh, with Jeff Bridges and James yeah. Woods. Decent movie. Good song. Good song. Great song. Um, yeah. Also, it. Also on that date, the classic This Is Spinal Tap comes out. Uh, Repo Man, which a lot of people love uh, with uh, Emilio Estevez, a cult classic. You had Harry and Son. That's a big with cult Paul, classic. Paul, uh, Paul Newman and Robbie Benson's Harry and Son did not see a lot Robbie of audiences. Benson, boy, oh boy. Okay. How about Children of the Corn comes out in March of 1984, um, along with uh, the Hotel uh, New Hampshire. Now, children, children of the Corn was one of those movies people re- rented Religiously, on the when you saw that box cover, I don't think it's a very good movie though. Linda um, Hamilton, right? Yep, Children of the Corn. And, yep. and, and Peter, uh, what is the guy from Dirty? Peter Horton. Right? Peter Horton. Peter Horton's in that. Yep. Some iconic characters though. Malachi is a pretty good villain in that. It, 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 it's, I mean, it is not great, but also in March, I think it's a class. Two classic comedies came out in March of '84: Police Academy and Splash. Both came out week after uh, one week after the next. I love okay, both I, these films. I, listen, I, I I did a private. Somebody said to me, "Can we do a private screening of Flash, uh, Splash, of two years ago?" Yeah, and I rewatched it on the big screen. I got to tell you, I didn't think it held up well. Oh, I, I think I you're crazy. I, I, I think didn't you're think crazy. It held up well. okay, I think John now, Candy's the, great the, in that movie. The I, the other one is what? Okay, Police no, Academy. Police Academy. Now, what does the first Police Academy have that the all the other sequels did not? An R rating. Yes, good, an- good, good answer. Correct. Yeah. The first one was rated all with some real vulgar stuff. The rest of them went to a PG thirteen. Yeah, the first one plays more like Porky's in, in police. In yeah, very camp. much and, so. Yeah, and, and the other ones. So. But the, you know, the, and it's very good. It's a very funny movie. Very funny movie, and the other ones have some merit. There's, I mean, it gets yeah, a little. I, I like the first, the first handful of sequels. Chuck, were you a I, fan I of? T- were you a fan of Tank in March of 1984? Okay, I, I actually. I like Tank. I know it's ridiculous, but I saw it in a movie theater. Uh, James Garner, Jenny Lee Harrison, who was yep. on Therese Company. Yep. Shirley Jones. Yep. Right? Keep it's, going. It's an absurd, Keep... And, 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 uh, uh, see Thomas House. JD, what, what was the villain's name? Uh, well, James Cromwell's the villain. JD Spradlin and James Cromwell JD, are the villains. JD right, Spradlin, yeah. JD Spradlin, who was in The Godfather. JD Spradlin, uh, yeah. I got to tell you, I have not thought of that movie in so long. It is like, extremely watchable. One. That is another one when it was on the video shelf, you rented it. You're like, wow, you know, ten, like I enjoy I enjoyed it. It's absurd, <laughs> but uh, the premise is a little ridiculous. Well, but the premise kind of plays today, if you think about it. Yeah, I did um, like it. Yeah, I did like it. Um, also, Racing with the Moon in March of 84, which was uh, Sean Penn and Nicolas Cage, a decent movie. Greystoke, Chuck. The legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. They tried to get out off the ground with Christopher Lambert. As, I listen, uh, I always think he's one of the more interesting people who ever became a name in the business. Um, Christopher Lambert. It's just, I, I don't know if I ever got it, but he had some popularity, no doubt. And maybe the best film, one of the best films, you know, we talk about 84 a lot. And one of the better yeah. movies of that of that uh, year came out in March of 84. or 80, And that's Romancing the Stone, Chuck which to me was an instant smash hit the minute I saw it. The chemistry between the two of them. And then you throw in DeVito and the great action. It was, it's a really good movie. There's no doubt about it. 
Well, listen, you could argue Michael Douglas is one of the most iconic leading men of all time. And, I think so. And one he's of in, my favorites. He's in that. prime form there. He's in just real good form in that movie. All the like, all the things you like about Michael Douglas is part of that. Um, yep. And it, it's watch. It's weird watching the Kaminsky meth- method, the final season with both of them playing um, off each other. And then you wonder, wow, what, what a difference 30 some odd years make 40 years make almost Chuck in, in 1985 in March, you had movies like the purple rose of Cairo, which was a huge Woody Allen hit, but an, a fun movie that I enjoyed another teen romp, but with a lot of heart. And that's the sure thing was so we got an idea of what Rob Reiner can do in the screen. People love when Harry met Sally, but the sure things a real good romantic comedy with John Cusack and Daphne Zuniga. Do you remember yeah, that flick? Yeah, I do. I like um, missing in action to Bra- uh, the beginning, Chuck. You know, a lot of questions we didn't find out in the first missing in action. You know, Daphne, they actually... Wait, let me just go back. Daphne Zenigna was her interesting actress because she really was a she, she did Melrose Place, right? Yep. Yep. But she's in this movie, and I got to tell you, she's really likable in The Fly too with Eric Stoltz. I like her a lot. In that yeah. Movie. She got the Fly, but it that the, the Fly too is actually was a nice rental back in the day. She's also got some good marks for Spaceballs, too. She, she's, I, I, I sort of like it. It's forgotten. Yeah, it's forgotten, but uh, her work in Spaceballs yeah. is not. She's good in that. Um, March of 8th of 1985, Chuck, we yes. get Mask. We get Mask with uh, Cher and Eric Stoltz, of course. Big hit for her. Um, her non rec- movie. Yeah, it's a real good. A lot of heart in that movie. Sam Elliott's real good in it as well. Yeah. Um, Lost in America, one of my favorite Albert Brooks movies of all time. If you just want to watch a scene that's hysterical, is him try to talk Gary Marshall, the hotel owner, to give his money back that he lost every cent that he had at the at the uh, craps table, and he's trying to convince Gary Marshall, the owner of the hotel, to give the money back. Go to YouTube, just watch that scene alone. It's hysterical. Chuck, I was in the movie theaters March twenty second, nineteen eighty five, because gosh darn it, we're gonna get a new beginning. Of Friday the 13th. Jason's back, baby. Here we go. Let the killing begin. And my, oh God, I was ready to, I was ready to do, just do some killing after that flick, Chuck. I hated a new beginning. It is bad. Yeah. I made a couple of bad ones. Made a lot of good ones, though, if you like the slasher genre, but uh, that was uh, one of the weaker installments. Yeah. I was really disappointed. Uh, the Last Dragon came out in March of 1985, Chuck. Chuck really the- good. That, that movie was fun. Has a big cult following. Yep. Uh, I must have seen that three or four times in a the theater. How about Porky's Revenge? How many times did you see that in a the theater? Uh, one time. <laughs> Police Academy 2. How many times did you see I that in a the theater? I just. Uh, Probably once. Um, and also in March of 85, you had Desperately Seeking Susan, which basically introduced the, the acting world to Madonna. She was in Vision yeah. Quest, but Desperately yeah. Seeking Susan was her big breakout. And, and do you remember Su- the Susan, disappointing... Susanna Arquette, right? Rosanna Arquette, Rosanna yeah. Arquette. Yeah, she's good in that movie. Do you remember how disappointing um, The Slugger's Wife was with the Neil Simon Very. movie? With uh, Rebecca De Mornay, and do you remember the song? It has one good song in it, though. It's one good song. It was, uh, it was, it was a kid from uh, Caddyshack, right? That's right, Michael O'Keefe. Michael O'Keefe. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-six. Chuck Highlander comes out in March, and it's it became a very, very popular cult movie, huge cult movie, Highlander. Yeah, and it had the all Queen music. Remember too, that was the soundtrack yeah. was Queen. Yeah, um, Sean Connery. And then it went totally off the rails a few years later when they did the second one, when he made it a science fiction space movie. 
Um, I don't even think the second one got a theatrical release. I think it went straight to uh, DVD. A big, I'm a big fan. I was in uh, Florida on spring break when I saw oh. Gung Ho with the family, Chuck. And boy, oh boy, our family had a fun time at Gung I, Ho. I, I love that, that movie. movie. Yep. Love that movie. I still, uh, I still remember my mom laughing in the theater. Getty Wannabe. Movie. Getty Wannabe is really good in that movie. <laughs> yeah. I course, Michael Keaton. But, but, I mean, Michael Keaton is just but, so good. It's, I a mean, good story. it's a good story. He's really good in it. It's well-directed. Ron Howard It's really yep. good. Yep. Um, how about Police Academy 3, Chuck? Every March, it seems like this one's called, do you remember? Which is, which is the back in training? Got it. Yes. Okay, which is is it three or four with Sharon Stone? I think it's four, right? I think it's four. Um, Okay. Yeah, three is when... She's in two of them, though. Yeah, and then Bobcat Goldthwait. Remember, they introduced him. He's the villain in two, and then he keeps coming back. Yeah. Um, Two, and and wrapping up uh, March of 85, The Money Pit came out with Tom Hanks. I saw in theaters. First movie I saw in our basement, Chuck, when we got our big screen TV, projectable big screen TV, we rented really? the money pit. Um, it's okay. It's got some funny moments. How did it look, proje- did it look projected? Do you remember? <laughs> I don't remember. Compared to what you have now. Well, compared now, forget it. I mean, it was blurry. Yeah, I, I can tell you that. Um, yeah. And last but not least, in March of 86, uh, small movie, small, a small hit, Lucas came out, Chuck. A real uh, big art Lucas. movie. What a great movie. Listen, that's another one that people watched all the time, rented or or that might have been WHT. I don't remember, but on the early innovation of, of uh, like the antenna cable, people love that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, Warner it's got Ryder. a lot of heart. Yeah, Charlie Corey Sheen. Hame. It's one of the best things Corey Hame ever did, right? Yep. Charlie yeah. Sheen. Uh, yeah. Kerry Green. Kerry Green, Green. Yeah. The right Goonies. The Goonies. It's very good movie. All right. How about this release date? March 6, 1987. Listen to two films released on this date. Two classics, as, as far as I'm concerned. Especially, especially, one, a mega classic. Lethal Weapon comes out March 6, 1987. On the same day as Angel Heart, directed by Alan Parker, which I love that film. I, I'm saying about a lot of Mickey Rourke movies, but that movie disturbed me a lot. But Lethal Weapon is an instant classic, Chuck. That's a pretty good release date. March 6, 1987. Created one of the great buddy buddy tandems of all time and mel gibson and danny glover right it actually created a genre really if you think about it i mean after the after and, that and a great genre a great yeah. genre too yeah um the very next week two other good movies actually three because one was released on wednesday evil dead 2 which was completely different than the original um sam raimi directed tin men came great. out barry levinson directed richard very Dyson interesting did. movie and raising arizona which is a classic That's to many that's another movie about sales, right? Tin Men. So Tin Men, yeah. Aluminum Sadi right? Salesman. They yeah. don't, I like that movie. That's a good movie. Um, Raising Arizona. People love that flick, and yeah. uh, it, it's very funny. That's another that's a Holly Hunter Holly movie. Hunter, yeah. Uh, but Evil Dead 2, I remember seeing that thinking, wow, they you know give Sam Raimi money, and you're going to get a great horror movie. And um, I, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be really interesting to see how inventive he is with the uh, Doctor Strange 2 into the Spider-Verse. I mean, into the uh, multiverse. Yeah. He's it's got a lot of money, right? There's a lot of money, big ambition. I, I think he's going to deliver big. To me, um, Street Smart came out earlier than 1987, but yeah, it's it did not. That's a really not. good movie. That's a great flick. Christopher Reeve and Morgan Freeman. Um, that's uh, March of 87. And two misfires hey, is com- probably Christopher Reeve's best movie, n- non-Superman 1 and 2, right? Yeah. Yep, and two misfires is comedies with the uh, big stars in it. Burglar with Whoopi Goldberg, which kind of failed at the box most, office. Let's be honest, most of her movies were misfires. Yeah, and Blind Date came, 
Blind Date came out in, 80, in uh, 1987. Yeah, so Bruce Willis, Ken Basinger. It's a Blake Edwards movie. I got to um, tell you, I didn't like it. I didn't no, like it's not it. very good. Um, yeah. a, a small hit, though, that introduced the people to Robert Townsend for the first time. Remember, Hollywood Shuffle was a pretty minor hit in March of 87, yeah. Chuck. Yep. I, um, he, I think he cached that into a TV series after that. In 88, you got And God Created Women, a very popular video rental, Chuck, because of Rebecca de Mornay. <laughs> I don't know how many theaters that came out in. But how about this uh, March 4th, 88, another Christopher Reeve movie, but a different type of one. Do you remember the romantic comedy with Burt Reynolds and Kathleen Turner switching yeah, channels? It, it's not good. No, it's not. They tried to do that repartee. I, 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 I saw it in a theater. It's just. Uh, no, nah, it's. Just doesn't work. It, you know what else stinks? What else stinks that came out that day was moving with Richard Pryor. See, I oh. don't think Burt Reynolds work well in an ensemble. Like, nah, I'm not probably not. I'm trying, like, he has to be the focus. Well, like, outside and of then, Con- Cannonball Run, I mean, let's face it, we all love But I got to tell you, I said to you in a text, because I was watching Malone from 82. Please right? don't bring oh, up I Malone know. again. <laughs> stop, stop with the Malone. But Nobody I likes mean, Malone. Listen, no, I like it. But here's the thing. From Deliverance in 72, and in, in Longest Yard, right? In 70, was that 74? Yeah. The way Burt Reynolds looked... From some from those years to Malone to to this, this, the movie you're talking about, I don't know. He aged so fast. Well, to me, it's always the, the standard. The better the hairpiece, the better the movie. The worse the hairpiece, it's going to be a terrible, terrible. And Malone is as bad as it gets. Let me tell you. Um, but I like the movie. It's a fun B movie. It's I love. I like. I just like it. March of March 11th, 87. I love standing. You want to do, do a full hour show next? No, week on Malone? no, no. I'll um, debate you. March 11th, Stand and Deliver is released with Edward James Almost. I really enjoyed that, that flip was, a lot. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, and and uh, first time we're bringing up body swapping movies. The Vice Versa came out March of 87, Chuck. That was uh, Judge Reinhold, right? Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage. Switching. I enjoyed it. I um, do, you, do you remember the remake of DOA? I do. Who is in it now? Dennis Quaid and his wife at the time, Meg Ryan. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's not. Neither is Little Nikita, which came out that same day um, with Sidney Poitier and River Phoenix, um, where he's adopted and and he finds out his mom and dad were Russian. And yeah, yeah. High concept, low, low effect. Oh, another Police Academy. Ready? Here you go. Police Academy 5 is called. Uh, I'll give you a hint. No something Steve with Gutenberg. Miami? Is this something with Miami? Assignment Miami Beach. No Gutenberg yeah. in this one, Chuck. I, I forgot that. He he took a pass, huh? He, yeah, he didn't like say? the script. What did he say? Hey, what did he say? The script stinks. I'm not doing it. <laughs> How, I got I, I got I got the I got the Beside Adventure Hallmark remake lined up in 20 years. What's the story? <laughs> no, he probably said I've taken Mahoney as far as I can go as far as a character. I can't God, God bless him. God bless him for doing that. Yes. Um, also in March of 87, Chuck, a uh, huge hit, maybe one yeah. of Tim Burton's biggest hit, not Batman. And that's Beetlejuice came out in 87. Uh, I'm sorry, 88. I saw it opening. I'm going to tell you again. I saw it opening day, Friday afternoon. I saw it at the, the King, the King's way in Brooklyn. And I watched it cause I, I love Michael Keaton. And, uh, I got it. I'm going to tell you in full disclosure, I was perplexed. There were things I liked and there were things I didn't like. Like yeah. I just, it was, it just, it was. Are you and surprised then, how big no, of a mainstream hit it was and no, how much it's like lived in film lore? When I, here, listen to me, when I walked out of the theater, 
for the next few hours, I kept thinking about it. And I kept thinking about it. And I went to see it again. And then I liked it a lot. And then I went to sing it eight more times in the movie theater. Whoa. And audiences loved it, Mike. Yeah, they did. The, the Deo scene. Yep. Deo. They loved it. People loved that movie. Now, I, tell I the story. Uh, tell the story about Michael Keaton's role in that film. Okay. It, 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 originally, this, the role was much smaller. It was supposed to be like an extended cameo. And then the dailies, they liked, they liked, they loved what he was doing. And they kept adding to it and adding to it. Obviously, he became the star of the show. And deservingly so, it's some of the best work he's ever done. I mean, hands down. It's yeah. Some of the best work. So much so, he's, 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 he's going to do it again. It appears that he will because uh, uh, Brad Pitt's production company is picking up. And uh, I, I think it's really cool. Chuck, uh, last but not least in 88 in March, Biloxi Blues and Johnny B. Good. You remember Johnny B. Good, Anthony Michael Hall. I saw, I, I, oh, don't, okay, don't say uh, Anthony Michael Hall and Uma Thurman. Correct. And I, I, saw, it in the, I, saw, it, I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I did too. Um, and I laughed a lot. I got to be honest with you. I did. I mean, I know it's stupid, but I did laugh a lot. Um, seems like um, a lot of Blake Edwards movies get released in March because in 89, Chuck, we get John Ritter's big screen Blake Edwards movie called Skin Deep, which nobody went to see. And much we love Jack Tripper just didn't translate for John on the big screen. I know. I remember the title. I don't remember the movie. Well, how great a movie. March 3rd, 1989 was Lean on Me. Chuck, I love this flip film. I, think, I still think it holds up really well. And John G. I, Abelson I, Joe, directed. Joe, Joe Clark. Guy who became principal, cleaned yep. up his high school. Uh, Morgan Freeman's born to play that role. Oh, I love that movie. I love it. Great uh, soundtrack, too. And Dream a Little Dream came out in March of uh, 1989 uh, with the Haim, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman uh, in that flick, Chuck. Also, chances are in March of 1989, that was uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Sybil Shepard in a kind of a body swap- swapping movie, a romantic comedy, has some appeal to it. Jackknife, the Vietnam veteran movie with uh, Robert De Niro and Ed Harris, two real good actors. All right, Chuck, here we go again. Police Academy 6 in March of 89 is. You never did Gutenberg come back for this one? No, no, Gutenberg. He's done. I don't don't remember the subtitle. City Under Siege. Um, Yeah. I'm sure it was. And I know, listen, the budget, the budget was never lower. I could tell you that. Uh, the big problem with Fletch Lives, which came out in 89, is the fact that they didn't uh, take a story written from the original book series. And it, it really is a mess. As much as I love Chevy Chase in this role, Fletch Lives is not very funny. And, and a lot of people shied away from it in the theaters. Let me ask as- you a question. Why do you think you like Chevy Chase so much and I do not? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe because when he was introduced to me, I was a little younger than you. And some of maybe. his stuff appealed more to me. I don't know. Um because you don't have the love for Caddyshack like I do. Um, you don't have the love for Fletch. You don't have the I mean, even vacation. I don't think, you know, holds up like it holds up for me. I don't know. Uh, Chuck, was Leviathan better than Deep Buzz, whatever the Space Six, whatever yeah, it was yes. called? I'm going to tell you something. It came I, out March 17th B, and 89. As a B movie, I love Leviathan. I love it. I love uh, Peter Weller. I love the I love uh, I, I love the, the entire Richard Krenner. I love the cast. I know, Listen. You put on the Leviathan, you know you're watching a B movie, but it's a very enter- entertaining, enjoyable B movie. It's a, it's an alien ripoff, obviously nowhere near in terms of high you know high con- high concept executed quality, but it is good. And I do. Uh, what is her name? The female lead. Uh, Amanda Pays. 
pace. Yeah, I liked her a lot. Yeah, well, the movie's only, good. Not a lot of casting directors liked her too much, though. I got to be honest with you. Um, she married. Uh, who was she married to? Harry Hampton. Who was she married to? Come on, Chuck. Corbin Burnson. Corbin Burnson. Still married, um, right? Let's let's find out the end of March here, Chuck. A classic. We we had Lethal Weapon in March. Here's another one. March 31st in 89, Heathers comes out. Uh, I love it. Uh, I, I didn't see it in the theater. I, I watched it on DVD numerous times. And um, and this is the Christian cla- Welcome to the World that, of Christian the, Slater, the basically. Last 20 minute, the last 15 minutes of that movie is absolutely brilliant. Yep. I love it. Yep. Like, I watch the last 15 minute, m- minutes of that movie, like, repeatedly. I love yep. that movie. It's good stuff. Well directed by Michael Lamin, Um And Christian Slater is basically doing his best Jack Nicholson. He's doing um, he's doing a Jack. No, a lot of people said at the time, like, are you doing a Jack Nicholson impersonation? Yeah. He said no, but it well, felt I'm, that way, you know? Yep. Um, Chuck, do you remember Dead Bang? Yeah, that was uh, Shane Black, right? Nope. No? Okay. Then Dead Bang is Don Johnson in uh, uh, John Frankenheimer movie. It was an action movie uh, with uh, it was kind of like one of his t- uh, TV to movie star things. Another TV to movie star thing. Shelley Long's Troop Beverly Hills comes out. And I know Chuck watches this every um, springtime. Troop Beverly Hills. Chuck, you want to talk about that for a little bit? Uh, I, listen, I like Shelley Long. I love Night Shift. But it's not very good. Uh, one final trivia question as we wrap up the decade there, Chuck. Shelly Long, born where? Most of our Wobo listeners will know. She's from Fort Indiana? Wayne, Indiana. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Wow. Yeah, awesome. how about that? All right, that's the March releases for the decade of the 80s, Chuck. A lot of good flicks in there. You could, you know, back in the day, March was not a build landing spot for big movies. No, but I mean, we said The Godfather in 72 actually was released in March. I was a little surprised by that fact but now the season kicks off in March to, to much extent yeah pretty much um, Easter and all that kind of stuff too spring break people they want movies out for kids that well, are... it used to be Memorial Day right and then yep. they kept cre- they kept alright we'll do it a month before we'll do it. and now now it's much earlier alright Chuck well we'll do this all over again next week my friend uh, Mike always a pleasure to the audience thank you very much for listening thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs download one of our archived episodes Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media.